Alrighty, and welcome to the first episode of the Tiskin Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated just to Thousand Suns. Uh, I am David, uh, also known as Crazy, or sorry. <laughs> I am David, also known as Prodigal Sons on the Thousand Sons Reddit board. And I'm Mike, I'm also known as Crazy Mage on the Thousand Sons Reddit board. And the two of us are going to try getting together here probably start monthly or we'll we'll get together every so often here and just kind of jump in and talk about topics that are just about thousand suns um right just that's it or well maybe we'll want well thousand suns and thousand suns accessories of course exactly which is a lot uh so uh you're probably wondering who these guys are um i have been playing thousand suns for two years so i'm a bit of a rookie um, I have been, even though the last year I have been playing pretty much competitively in lots of ITC tournaments, um, I pretty much have been playing Thousand Suns purely for competitive purposes here. Um, I also dabble with some Chaos Space Marines, I play Zinch Demons, you know, your typical armies that you kind of collect that are on the, the, the guest list of Thousand Suns. Um, and Mike, I think you have a little bit more experience with the game than I do. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so I've been playing for almost 12 years now. Um, I sort of took it the long road to get to Thousand Suns. Started with Eldar way back in 4th edition. But um, I started playing Thousand Suns about four years ago, though not competitively. Um, it's mostly local campaigns and such. But uh, by far always been one of my favorite factions and so i was very excited that they uh finally got sort of the justice they deserve in terms of support and codexes and of course new models so the latest uh right now for the for our first podcast chapter approved 2018 just came out about a month ago or so so the dust has kind of settled off yeah um why don't we kind of jump in mike what are your thoughts on the Changes that Thousand Suns. Well, for the most part, um, Thousand Suns really came out really good in this uh, change to the points. Um, Cultists went up by a point, but I mean, to be frank, everyone took Cultists. We all knew it was coming. But Land Raiders got a huge point reduction. Chaos Spawn are down by about 33% of their original points cost. Defilers are down almost 50 points. Um, every all the other uh, chaos uh, demon engines are down about twenty points piece. It's just rubric marines are down two points a model. Even the flamers um, on the rubric marines are down, so they're actually a, a viable option compared to where they were. It's just kind of amazing uh, that they'd rebalance Thousand Suns the way they did, especially in light of the fact that Thousand Suns is actually as far as I understand, one of the more popular tournament choices because of the sheer versatility that the uh, list provides you. Well, we'll get into some of the tournament stuff, but you'll also have some of the purists say that, you know, running Thousand Suns as a Supreme Command attachment is kind of the, you know, the MO of the army at the moment and not exactly, you know, Thousand Suns, right? Well... You, know, you gotta get those rubric marines in there and... It's it's actually really funny how opinionated the Thousand Suns community can be, and that you you know it's not Codex Zangors, it's not you know <laughs> <laughs> you know co- co- uh, what is it uh, Codex uh, Supreme. I, I will admit I'm somewhat of a things. grognard in that uh, 
capacity. I'm a purist. If it's not wearing power armor, it's not a thousand sun. Or I love it. Wearing armor of some varieties of cultists, Zangors. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, I for one welcome our new Zangor overlords. Well, so, you know, <laughs> goat lovers. I swear. So, uh, so getting back onto chapter approved. Um, I think one of the things that's really interesting actually had, it wasn't even something in the Thousand Suns Codex. It's one of the Forge World uh, units that I think a lot of people, you know, for the longest of time have been waiting for GW to give, you know, some love to and, you know, give us some, you know, natural rules for. And that's the Contemptor yeah. Dreads. Um, if, you've, if you haven't seen them, um, the Thousand Suns from the Horus Heresy line have these amazing uh different you know specialized thousand sun contemptor dreadnoughts um, which have rules in 40k but they are generic rules that are you know adapted from chaos space marines and you know all the likes of the other you know folks that can actually take them um but the interesting thing i found about the contemptors is the fact that they not only reduce the cost of the contemptor but they also reduce the cost of the butcher cannon and they reduce the cost of the havoc launcher and all of those, when you add them all up, bring it down into a range that's really, I, I think, really compelling. So you originally, if you go back before the Codex, most of our options for long-ranged, relatively long-ranged, heavy support were Defilers mm -hmm. or Forge Fiends or Predators. Uh, those were basically your option. I guess you could say a Land Raider. No, land Raider's the fact not that they cost so much a long-range support. Exactly. No one's... No one's really messing with that thing. So you look now at where this thing slots in, and it's if you just take it without the Havoc Launcher and you just take it straight up with Butcher Cannons, it comes in at 138 points. And what's really interesting about that is that if you're taking, say, a Auto Cannon Heavy Bolter Predator, you're at about 150 points. And the Dreadnought has pretty much the same T7, He's got 10 wounds, so he's maybe not quite as, you know, doesn't have quite as many wounds, but he's got a 5-up involve. Mm -hmm. Just natural 5-up involve. And the Predator doesn't have that. And with the number of things out there with, you know, las cannons and the, the, the availability of AP and high damage weapons, I mean, knights are running wild right now, mm -hmm. you really have to start looking at those things and going, geez, you know, for that 138 points... That might be a better option at the moment than running those Predators. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the um, Contemptor Dread also provides the a little more maneuverability than the Predator does. Most because the Predator is going to, well, it's traditionally sort of you want to sit in the back, snipe with it. Whereas the Dreadnought, even though it's not necessarily specialized in shooting if you don't give it, well, into um, close combat, isn't necessarily completely defenseless if attacked. And also... The butcher cannons, because you're just running two sets of them, effectively give the dreadnought a little bit more uh, focus than a the traditional the either mm -hmm. the auto cannon heavy bolter setup or the trilaz at a much lower points cost. And the other thing that gets overlooked is their base ballistic skill is two. Yes. And and at that, I mean. That is really hard because you you need mobility, mm -hmm. so you can essentially think of it like a predator that can just it, a predator with a five up involve that can basically walk around wherever it wants. And oh, if it gets into close combat, you know, smash captain charges it or something like that. Well, I've got a four up involve, so you know, fifty percent of whatever gets through, I'm I, I should save. Right? Yeah. 
definitely. So, so those were really neat. You know, the other the other thing that I've seen a lot of, and this might be a good thing for us to dig into a little bit, is that Mutalith Vortex Beast. <laughs> we we received that unit in the Codex last year, which was great um, because it really kind of gives Thousand Suns like a Mollerfine esque type unit that's specialized for them. But the interesting thing that I learned last year playing with them was you can't really play them as Mauler Fiends. Uh, the Mauler Fiend is definitely set up, and also, you know, that got a point reduction, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. The, the Mauler Fiend is set up to be 100% just go get them. Yeah. Right? It's like the doggy you send out there to just go get sick them. The Mauler Fiend's a little different, right? Or the, the sorry, the, the Vortex Beast is a little bit different in that its powers that it has are geared for supporting other mm-hmm. units and the other units we have being zangors fit really nicely along with it so what i found in the last uh year of just testing out you know running three of them two of them different numbers of them you know personally i found that running at least one a one-to-one ratio of vortex beast to zangors I wouldn't exceed that. So the only reason I would bring three Vortex Beasts is if I had three units of Zangors or big units. Uh, but I think you can even get away with maybe, you know, a lower ratio than that, right? Yeah, I mean, my ratios tend to be a little more, I guess, focused on having more bodies in the table. So I always like the idea of two units of Zangors for each Vortex Beast because it lets you gives you a little more flexibility with getting your troops out. But... The uh, Vortex Beast is actually a fairly interesting monster. It plays a lot like some of the Tyranid Monstrous creatures in that it's not necessarily super good in close combat, but it's actually pretty tough. Um, toughness 7, 14 wounds, 3 up save, 5 up invuln, and it regenerates for free uh, a wound a turn. And then its abilities... All of them are very useful. It has a Nova, which strips a mortal wound off every unit within nine. It has the ability to add to strength, add to AP. I mean, really, the only one that's sort of iffy might be Maelstrom of Madness, but even then, if you combine that with, like, Treason of Zinch, it gives you, or even uh, other debuff uh, leadership bombs. Even then, that's a very useful ability. But I will tell you what disappoints me about the, the... Vortex Beast. It's what it doesn't have. And it's a keyword it's missing. Oh, yeah? Demon. This is true. It is not a Zinch Demon. Which is disappointing because now you could have had that buffed by something else. Which is interesting now that you look at the Mollerfiend because it is, in fact, a yeah. Demon. So it's kind of curious that they didn't give it the Demon rule. But, you know, not, not the end of the world. I mean... You, you kind of get away with that. Yeah, though, I think it. that um, sort of harkens back to the source of the Mutalith Vortex Beast in that it's really just a plus-sized chaos spawn with the chaos portal on the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of describing it. Yep. yep. So before we um, before we kind of wrap up the LV, or the chapter approved topic, um, Rubric Marines. Yeah. Are they, are they viable? You know... I've always considered Rubric Marines to be viable with the right setup, and so with them becoming two points cheaper, that puts them in a very nice spot of... They're a little more expensive than regular Marines, but they have the invuln save, they have all this dust, and most importantly, AP minus two bolters. That allows them to threaten almost anything in the game now, with especially with veterans along war taken into account. 
And then if you want to play a more aggressive style rubric marine, the flamers, which I've always liked in concept, but even I and my most, I guess, forgiving of attitudes, I kind of didn't think they were cheap enough to be viable at almost 30, 33 points a model. But now they're like 6 to 26. That's easily achievable. And I really mm -hmm. kind of interested to see if... Uh, those start seeing play because the ability to advance and shoot the flamers really solves some of the mobility problems that the rubric Marines have always had. Mm -hmm. How, so is the right way to run them today? If I'm thinking purely from an efficiency hat on, I mean, that's I mean, from playing in tournaments. That's where my, my head is always at. Is it running five man units or is it running 10 man units so I can get that soul reaper? So, uh, I guess to sort of hint at a topic for later in the thing, with the new beta rules, I don't actually think the Soul Reaper cannon is necessarily as vital as it used to be. Um, now, the Soul Reaper cannon is very nice, but I think the with the way the current sort of game is evolving, I just I don't see ten man squads being as useful as two five man squads. What holds it back? Is it just the fact that you've got enough stuff out there that or multi-damage guns that will start chewing through your rubrics and, you know, before you know it, you're losing stuff to morale? Or, I mean, you know, is it just the fact that you've got the tactical flexibility of sending, sending two units to two different locations? So it's really, it's for me, it's two parts. One, I think that the tactical flexibility of having two separate groups um, is huge with maneuverability being so important in the current edition and the meta. But um, also the fact that five-man squads don't have to worry about being overkilled, for instance. Oh, no, if they, they kill, kill five guys, it just it stops. And then also the fact that, as you pointed out, leadership can become an issue once you start getting full large squad sizes. And as much as leadership bombs aren't currently a thing, it could be very... Very bad if uh, your leadership gets dropped a couple and then you start losing expensive Marines to leadership. I just, I don't think it's I mean, the 10-man squad is worth the risk. Yeah, and you can turn it around and just say, you know, hey, with the Contemptors doing what they're doing or being as cheap as they are, I mean, you could be just getting mowed down by butcher cannons, yeah. right? You know, a smart player is going to look at that and see well, I'm going to take your all its dust completely out of the equation just by saying, okay, I'm shooting you with something with two damage or D3 damage or something yeah. like that. And it doesn't matter after that whether, you know, I roll a one for D3 or not, you mm -hmm. know, that you're not going to get that rule. So, it, you know, the smart players out there know to target those. So at least if, you t if you're taking those five-man squads, um, you're, you're limiting the morale factor on Definitely. that, right? So the other thing I like on that is if you take two five-man squads, you're essentially getting the two psychers, yes. right? You forget the sorcerer that's in there. And the other thing that's interesting about it is um, if you're looking at transports, I think one of the most overlooked aspects of the game right now is the amount of drops that mm -hmm. you have and the battle to be able to out-drop your opponent. And by take, if you have one 10-man squad that you're going to throw into something, well, you can fill out that detachment for a battalion with two of those rubric squads. You've got, you've got those two squads. And you can technically put two of those in a rhino. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you can put two of those with some characters into one of those uh, fancy assault drills that we are allowed to take from Forge World. Um, and that right, right away, you can technically take what would be five drops or five units and get one drop out of that. And that's a huge boom that you get against your opponents right out, right out of the mm -hmm. gate. And I think that's definitely overlooked because, uh, you know, as, you, as we know, if you're running a list with like Magnus or something uh, big like that, maybe even a knight, you need that advantage to go first because pretty much every every army that's out there right now has the ability to just one shot, not one shot them, but, you know, turn one or one round of shooting on them, just knock them off the table. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate. Which the also, the, depending on the mission, the ability to scale your drops is very important because if you want to go second yeah, for so instance, you, might need you to, could yep. instead of just pulling everything out in the open and then if permissions were points are scored at the end of the round or end of the game that could very much be something that you might want to pursue well it's interesting you bring that up though because if you do want to go second could i make the case that winning the drop is good for that because I eliminate my opponent's ability to seize or, or, you know, I take seize completely out yeah. of the equation completely. Mm -hmm. Like I just say, Hey, you're, you're going first. That's the end. Yeah. Uh, because I can make that decision if I win the roll. Mm -hmm. off, right. So yeah, aside from that, I think um, in chapter proved, um, you know, for the most part, there wasn't, I don't think there was any big surprises. Um, I, I know that with the rumors that we were tracking, we had a lot of different things out there circulating. There was some stuff about would aspiring sorcerers get full smites, um, you know, things yeah. like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see if those were things that came from playtesters and that were later kind of like with the new bolter rules, which we're going to talk mm -hmm. about. Uh, if we see them in like a white dwarf issue or something to that extent. But it's really, I, I think it's really good to see the attention being paid to the, the stuff that has been suffering and, and it, Definitely feels like GW is listening. Um, the playtesters are listening. They, they, they hear the fact that, hey, I've got these tactical Marines or I've got a lot of these options in my army that are right now just not 100% viable. Yeah. Um, you know, or they just don't make a lot of sense for me to take because I end up either being penalized or not. Um, you know, Scarab Occult Terminators right now, I think, fit right into that category because if you, if you look at them point-wise versus Rubric Marines... I'm essentially, I'm, I'm getting more out of it, right? I'm getting a power sword for one point more between two models. Yeah. So a, a Scarab Occult Terminator is a, oh, you know, a little bit better than a Rubric Marine, but you've got two wounds on it. So if I put two Rubric Marines together, it's just uh, just about the same point cost as a Scarab Occult. So I almost can think of it like I get a free power sword on the guy uh, out of it. The problem is, is what we just talked about with good players knowing that they're going to shoot with multiple damage weapons mm -hmm. when they do that anything beyond one damage and each wound or each wound that gets through on your terminators are essentially eliminating them yeah right so so you're almost if you're looking at um you know the the, the scarab occult they're great models they're i mean i have a whole bunch of them sitting on my shelf right now that i want to get into the game but you know i i have a hard time sitting there saying you know i could really use these guys for that Mm -hmm. uh, or, or anything where, you know, I, why don't I just take two rubric squads? I get two psychers, um, and I fill out my troop detachment and their objective secure. Yeah. So, you know, I, I get so much many more advantages to taking the rubrics. 
you kind of get these elite guys sitting on the shelf not even being used so Kind of disappointing. So I think that's an issue that a lot of armies currently face, though. With the rubric, the um, Scarab Occult really just have the worst of all possible worlds in that regard. Because they're, they're yeah, I with think we've been seeing so much better than they are in almost every way. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Death Shroud Terminators, mm-hmm. right? Or not the Death Shroud, the, uh, the Blight Lord Terminators that Death Card have. I mean, those things are, they're seeing play at some of the lists that are actually winning tournaments. Um, so they, you know, they are definitely uh, outmatched at the moment. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think one of the things, you might find this interesting, one of the things that I have found useful for Terminators, uh, and I found this in my Iron Warriors army and in Thousand Suns as well, they're just going to be a little bit more efficient at it. Um, I use them for wiping out, when, you, when you're facing something like the Loyal 32, mm-hmm. I basically just... Deep strike the Terminators back there to become these invulnerable death machines against guard. Um, basically, anything that's just chaff sitting in the backfield. Yeah. And so, if I need to clear screens, if I need to, you know, just basically take guys off objectives, they actually do a very good job of that because you can literally take on. It doesn't matter how many of those units mm-hmm. he has back there. You can pretty much just take those on and you're rolling two ups all day long against those, you know, or even one ups in some cases against las guns and mortars and whatever else they throw at you. So it's 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 kind of a niche little role. Um, and I have found that the Chaos Space Marine Terminators might be a little bit I'm going to go contradict myself, but might actually be a little bit better uh, the way I have been running them with the combi bolters and the lightning claws so that I can. Uh, essentially re-roll those wounds when I get them into yeah. combat and make use of them versus the power swords where it's kind of like, oh, okay, I got more AP. It's, it's, you know, it's great. It's not making me all that much more effective. Yeah. Which um, is has traditionally been the downfall of the uh, Scarab Occult is that their weapons are sort of schizophrenic in that regard. Yeah. But. You know, the other thing that's really interesting, you know, speaking of the elite slots... We have another option in there, which is the Hellbrew. Yes. And I feel like right now that guy kind of gets overlooked. Um, and you can, right now, here's the great thing. Coming out of Chapter Approved, you can take a Hellbrew with two fists for 100 points. Yes, sir. Uh, my ex- That's a heck of a bargain. Yeah, and then if you really want to get dangerous with it, give it a pair of heavy flamers in those fists, and now nobody's going to want to charge that thing because nobody <laughs> likes two heavy flamers. That's right. And if you, I mean, if you remember, it has that built-in craze mm-hmm. rule where on a six-up, you you know, you get to attack again. Or, yeah, and that's once you know, per which phase. pretty much, if you charge, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you could get smited. Okay, you got a chance to, to, to have that go up. Or you take something on Overwatch. Well, charge phase, fight yep. phase. There you go. Now, I mean, you could take something on the charge phase, attack him, and then, oh, look, it's the fight phase. I get to fight yeah. again. So... Lots of really good flexibility there. I think the I think the only unfortunate thing about the Hellbrutes is they don't they don't have that invuln save. I think it's okay for the points you're paying for yeah. them. I mean, at 100 points, it's it's pretty cheap. Yeah, Hellbrut is solid at 100 but, points, but the lack of invuln save has always hurt them. It, it hurts a lot of things, especially with the punch of everything that's out there. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, the, uh, the Legion trait for Thousand Suns doesn't especially help the Hellbrute. And I'm glad you brought that up. That's that's kind of the same thing. We're almost, you have to remember that, you know, we're not Chaos Space Marines. 
as the way, as the way the rules are written. Um, and even the Legion trait itself, um, it, it doesn't, if you, if you reread it, it's based on psychers. So your Helbert would have to get a, be a psyker to benefit at mm-hmm. all. Um, but that's kind of the nice thing about Thousand Suns is that our Legion trait can apply to thing, to pretty much anything that has the Psyker trait. Yep. All right, so let's jump into some tournament talk then. Um, this might not be the most hottest item for Thousand Suns because we don't, I mean, even though we, we see armies classify themselves as Thousand Suns in a lot of uh, tournaments, uh, we don't see them technically running traditional or the, the actual Thousand Suns armies. Um, yeah. One of the things I, I thought would be um, interesting to kind of talk about is the past um, season that we've just gone through with ITC. Um, here mm-hmm. locally in Texas, we have a really, really good circuit where we have Houston, Austin, San Antonio, and Dallas. And I think El Paso even has uh, is part of the mix as well. Where It is, yes. Um, we, we factor those all in and we kind of have like a mini, a mini championship through the summer down here. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's pretty interesting because um, we get to see a lot of different, like each of the cities kind of has their own meta, but in a way when we show up to these bigger tournaments, there's kind of this no notion of, well, this is what won the last one. And, you know, this is what, these are the people you're going to see up in the top tier. Uh, but every event this year was really cool because we had, I mean, every single one of them just about was a major, uh, which you have to have about 60 something people to, to reach that. And, from a tournament standpoint, that that doesn't mean much to you know if you're just thinking competitive. But from a scoring standpoint at ITC, it's really cool because you can you can basically win mathematically. I think uh, you can win. Uh, I think it's the, uh, the overall championship that way. Um, it, you know, provided you go to something like LVO or something along that line. Uh, yeah. The, the way the the points shape up, but in any case. Um, I thought the tournaments this year were really cool. Um, the first yeah. one, the first one that really kicked the year off was uh, San Antonio, um, and I, <laughs> I made the mistake. So I can I can kind of recap here. Um, I've got some articles I've written about kind of my thought process on on what I what I took going into those uh, tournaments, um, in between the tournaments, how I was learning, uh, you know, how the army went. So, you know, like I got that, uh, like I mentioned from the introduction. I've only been playing the army for a couple of years, but I jumped headfirst into this, just completely open-minded, trying to learn as much as I could. Um, so I was this—I had this great idea that, hey, these vortex beasts are out. I'm going to bring three of them, and it's going to be <laughs> great. And it wasn't at all. Um, and that's pretty much how my San Antonio went. So I, I placed very bottom bin there. Um, I played a, a very good Necron player there, um, who. I beat, but I think I just kind of lucked out in the matchup that, uh, you know, I had some things go my way and he didn't really have, you know, the destroyers weren't able to get through my, uh, vortex beasts and pretty much, Mm -hmm. you know, I death hexed his wraiths. And once those were off the table, it was kind of cleanup time. Um, the interesting things happened when I got out of that tournament and got to Dallas. So I went to Dallas with Magnus um i ended up bringing basically i think you'll be able to find some articles about what the actual lists were but uh you know just trying to remember off the top of my head i had magnus i had some you know zangors that were in there i had some rubric marines i had some zinch demons in there too so i took screamers um this was with the updated uh you know screamer profile for their attacks and all of that um basically i learned the lesson that pretty much most everybody knew was the fact that if you're going to take magnus he's pretty much going to be gone turn one 
and you're pretty much going to be left with nothing on the table to to um, uh, to be able to answer for it because you've spent you know a quarter of your points on him. Uh, so mm-hmm. I faced um, a really good player. He actually won the Texas Championship, Matthew Ali, and he you know between a combination of his um, Dark Eldar Ravagers and Venoms and you know mix match of you know flyers that he had. You know, he just threw just a random assortment of stuff at Magnus, and he was done. Like, Magnus was off the table, and it was kind of like, okay, I still have half my army left to shoot. And I'm kind of sitting there just kind of like, well, this game is pretty much decided, and that's it. And I didn't even get to go yet. Um, and so what's interesting is coming out of that, I made the decision that I'm I'm not going to put myself in a, in a position, or I'm not going to play my army in a way that I have to depend on going first to win. Uh, mm-hmm. and hence you'll see some of the decisions I made, like, why don't I just bring 90 Plague Bearers? <laughs> you know, <laughs> something that was like, let's just put 90 Plague Bearers out there, take out anything that they could target other than, you know, the Plague Bearers, and I'm just going to make you shoot Plague Bearers at minus one to hit, T4, I've got a five up info and a five up feel no pain. I mean, you're going to be shooting at them for a long time while I'm smiting you. And that worked yep. really good up until the point that, uh, a local player for, here from Houston basically put a Kalexis assassin out in front and said, good luck, smite everything you want. Okay, here come my custodes and look, all of your play bears are gone. And that was that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I kind of went through this like extremes of both sides of having too much that could just be killed right away to having too much that was, you know, killed off. And after the tournament season, I basically just decided um, it's time to kind of step back from Nurgle, um, you know, find a way to play Thousand Suns in a way that doesn't doesn't have a crutch on another army, doesn't require me to, you know, leverage things like play bearers or, you know, things that are really good for that army, but let's let's deal with it with the tools we have in-house. Um, and so going into LVO, I'm not exactly playing by that MO, 100 uh, percent i've got a bunch of <laughs> contempt of dreadnoughts and deradio dreadnoughts and stuff like that but uh i am very much uh you know leaning towards you know vortex beasts zangor shamans um you know contemptors those kind of things it, it it's very hard not to run them as alpha legion right now because that minus one to hit they're, they're going to be shot at to have that natural minus one to hit on them i mean it's mm-hmm. They're not getting much benefit being Thousand Sun Contemptors. So you're going to see my lists uh, basically look like that, where, you know, the stuff that I know isn't going to get much benefit from the Thousand Suns, even Psychic Powers and things like that, where, you know, I might look at something and say, hey, I could heal it. Uh, I could make it minus one to hit. I could give it a better invuln save. I'm, I'm not necessarily going to rely on that for those things, where I might say, hey, I have five of those things. If I'm facing something like the the Luda the the new orc Ludas, I pretty much can can figure those things are going to be shot that shot the hack before it's my first turn, um, and there's yeah. not much just a couple psychic powers is going to are going to do. So I might as well just have that minus one built in, let them do their thing, and then have my thousand suns contingent do its thing, um, and and I know I'm giving up a little bit from a from a synergy standpoint, but if those two components are doing their job, the army should function pretty well. Mm-hmm. They kind of complement each other pretty well. So um, LVO coming up, basically where I'm at is I've, I've got a bunch of Contemptor Dreadnoughts um, that are Alpha Legion. I've got a couple of Deradio Dreadnoughts. Um, I've got a uh, Obliterator 
uh, small, just one obliterator unit. Um, and then I've got this interesting thing that I've discovered that's really cool. So, Castellans and Knights are a big thing right now, right? Yeah. One of the things they like to do is they like to make their knights characters and give them relics. <laughs> and I think that's really fun. So y- you probably know where I'm going with this. We have Treason as each. But there's another thing. Treason as each is one way to deal with it. Another way to deal with it is this relic that Chaos Space Marines have called the Murder Sword. <laughs> and, and this is what's so interesting because I can take a sorcerer in a jump pack with I, all I have to do is give him a power sword that I can swap out with that relic. So he drops down with my mutilators. Um, he can basically buff, put prescience on the mutilators, and you know while he's at it, let's put diabolic strength on the sorcerer. And my, your opponent's going to go, okay, what are you planning on doing? Well, I'm going to charge your knight with my sorcerer. Um, I'm going to hope he gets through your Overwatch because if he does. Every hit that I land on on your knight is going to be a mortal wound. And the fact mm-hmm. that you are um, uh, Imperial, I'm going to get an extra hit. I'm going to have exploding sixes, basically. Uh, on top of that, you're also buffing his strength. Um, you can spend a point to cast another one. Uh, so you could say, you know, hey, I'm going to go smite. Or uh, you could swap out smite for, say, um, instead of just diabolic strength, um, you know, you could, uh, you, I mean, prescience. Why don't I put prescience on that? And now I'm exploding fives. Uh, mm-hmm. And mortal wounds on twos. Uh, things like that that get really interesting. Um, where this guy can basically get in and gets five mortal wounds right there out of the box just from hitting it. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of one of those things where there's these little gimmicks that you can find in there that work really, really well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you're going to LVO, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm going to LVO. I actually uh, just finished my preparations list wise on uh, earlier this week. So I'm not actually taking Thousand Suns uh, to LVO. I'm taking regular Chaos Space Marines because you, I have this. Yeah. So you jumped in. I I kind of dragged you out to some tournaments here at the end of the year, and you kind of <laughs> took a really interesting approach. So it'd be really cool to kind of dig into like what how you built this army that you took and kind of how your first tournament went with it. And the fact that I think this is the army you're bringing to LVO and, uh, yeah. you know, what, what its thing is. So, um, I guess to preface this, so I'm not actually, I don't consider myself a tournament player. Um, so I decided that if I'm going to be doing this as I'm going to effectively play this for fun, like, and, uh, not really take it too seriously. And so one of the things I like to do with any given army is identify sort of the worst units in a given codex and then make a list that revolves around them. And then from there sort of go nuts. And so I, uh, identified that there are a couple of units in the chaos codex that never see play the mutilators possessed hell brutes regular just chaos space brains and then um sort of built a list designed around them and i figured out that the uh, chaos renegades legion trait is just amazing for all of those units because it lets you advance and then charge and so i built this and i'm going to be uh i brag a little here beautiful army uh, by combining various uh, Age of Sigmar Sylvaneth kits with pretty much every other Marine and Chaos Space Marine kit in the game. 
to make this sort of work of art. Uh, every model in it is uh, unique. And then um, to sort of bring the whole thing together, I examined the stratagems that are available uh, in the Chaos Space Brain Codex and figured out which of them sort of synergize with what I was trying to do and then picked my support units based off of that as opposed to sort of doing it the other way around, which I think is what a lot of people sort of wind up doing. And so it's the pretty much one of each infantry uh, character in the codex, uh, the generic ones, of course. Uh, four rhinos, six squads of Chaos Space Marines, Mutilators, Possessed, Hellbrute, uh, Defiler, who is the, the sort of the centerpiece of the army, and uh, as many flamers and assault weapons as I can get my hands on. Uh, and uh, actually, um, despite the fact that I hadn't played it up until I uh, actually went to Austin, did very well against anything that wasn't knights. Um, I've really, what I've sort of discovered is that as much as I did bring some anti-armor, I just didn't have anywhere near enough to reasonably take them down in an efficient manner. Um, and so actually there were several occasions, the, the, the one occasion comes to mind where I uh, broke a knight in close combat and then he exploded and killed my entire army. Uh, the game was over in less than 40 minutes. It was, it was awful. Uh, <laughs> like, um... David was only on his first turn whenever I came over. He was like, hey, what's going on? Uh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the uh, second game versus uh, what effectively was a night army. It was the chaos equivalent. Literally, uh, all of my anti-tank died turn one, and so I was left with 15 flamers. So I was like, okay, and just turned them all on this uh, Lord of Skulls and torched it to death, which it died. <laughs> but it sort of was my last Uraw before getting shot to death by the uh, other Renegade Knights. Now, that was, uh, and, that was Goat Boy, if I remember right. Yeah, that was Goat Boy. That was Goat a Boy, fun game. But... Goat Boy is uh, who you might know from <laughs> Bells of Lost Souls. Um, and, and the irony was, um, I played him in that same, I think the very next game, actually. Uh-huh, it was uh, the next game. I played him as well. And uh, my aspiring sorcerers won me the game against him. Where all of my plague bears, that Lord of Skulls basically went through all of my plague bears, and <laughs> we were basically in this death standoff where, you know, he's trying to hold just enough objectives to win, and I'm I'm trying to get him off that objective, and essentially I I think I pulled off a doom bolt, um, like a, a barely in range doom bolt at the very end with like a command reroll or something to that extent to yeah. just barely kill one of the arbiters that he had and knock it knock it off the uh uh knock it off the objective and since i was going second that was enough where hey i hold more at this point so yeah it, he was yeah. he was always fun to play but you you also i think had some um uh, some good matches i think there was like oh yeah and, and a few others. um so for that tournament my i had a match versus well, the two that were sort of I remember very clearly, obviously, was um, I played a good game versus uh, no, 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 the tournament was uh, that was in Houston. Uh, that tournament was uh, guard was my second game, which is this massive guard uh, firing line that was centered around a shadow sword, 
which he just had no idea what to shoot at. He'd shoot at my defiler with a shadow sword, and then uh, Hellbrute would run up and destroy in his day. He'd shoot at the Hellbrute, and then the uh, mutilators would come in and just break everything. Mutilators actually are the my favorite unit in the list from a just sheer performance. Yeah, I heard they're awful. <laughs> the, so they're, the, internet. the internet and everyone I know says they are the most awful worst unit in the entire ge- in the codex possibly the game because they move four inches a turn they got just random weapons right. it, it's, it's pretty bad but if you let them actually advance and charge like the renegade static does it actually makes them really fast in comparison <laughs> to normal infantry and so it, they're actually deceptively quick um, if your opponent's not paying attention plus you they can deep strike if you uh, are worried about it. oh yeah no they they earned their points back and then some every game. They're also super cheap at the moment, like 33 points a model or something. Yeah, it's they're ridiculous. Che- they're cheaper than obliterators, which everybody loves, because you can just drop yeah. down and, and fire. But you know, the mutilators, as long as you can get them into uh, you know close combat, they're, they're pretty much going to break whatever they, whatever they touch. Yeah, um, plus they've got three wounds apiece. But, um, do so they, then I played... Hmm? Do, do they, by the way... Uh, get an icon so you can take like the corn uh no they have no upgrades oh so, so they're you, just like obliterators for that they are just like obliterators they are 35 points model um but yeah they pretty much they they are what they are um so nothing no fancy tricks mm-hmm. but they're a giant sledgehammer and a sock that you get to swing at your opponent's army every once in a while but uh Played versus Thousand Suns actually for my third game, which was actually a f- I don't know it was close, um, but really I, I think my opponent very much underestimated just how much board control I could get with my army. Mm-hmm. He, he knocked out my Defiler turn one, which he I think he thought was like the biggest threat in the army, which allowed everything else to advance forward very quickly, most, and I pretty much kept him locked exactly where he deployed the entire game. Yeah, most people who would look at your army, I mean, the Defiler kind of sticks out because it's this big, hulking you know, tree. Uh, <laughs> and, and most people would look at it and just go, well, it's big, um, it's got, it's got a big lots gun. Of stuff. It's, it's got the gun, yeah. right? You know that kind of stuff, and they think, oh, well, you know that thing is that thing's got to go. It's almost like your distraction Carnifex for the army, right? Yeah, very much so. But the thing is, if your opponent decides to ignore it, it still can pull its weight. Right. And so, actually, I played a game recently versus Imperial Guard with it, where it actually wound up healing almost thirty wounds over the course of the game, <laughs> if I recall, between its natural regeneration and the various uh, other. I guess buffs I was throwing on it. So it heals one wound a turn naturally, and then how do you? And then uh, a D three off of um, a warpsmith, and I was I rolled very well, and we actually went the full seven turns. Um, And then, so that's twenty eight total over the course of the game because I actually went second, um, which was hilarious but uh my last game was actually uh the most fun and more interesting in regards to your list for that tournament is i played against a guy who brought 90 plague bears and the fact that i ignore his minus one to hit i had the access to death hex just whooshed him off the table because one thing to keep in mind is the fact that okay you get charged by plague bears you flame them take a step back you 
charge my plague bears. You flame them again. Yep. And so there's really no reason to ever stick charge into them. in a fight right. or charge into them. Instead, it's respected just oh, okay. let them charge you. This is what we're doing today. Who cares? <laughs> um, and so going into LVO, uh, sort of after that, the, the couple of games I played versus some people here in Houston, uh, I've actually, with Chapter Approved coming out, discovered my list is actually almost 200 points cheaper than it was. Uh, wow. in Austin. So what have you um, done? Nothing. I left it alone. Uh, all I'm going to do is I bought um, some extra demons that I intend to summon. Oh, I'm going to oh. convert them up to all tree-like. And uh, it's going to be beautiful. Um, so it's beautiful to garden. It's interesting you mention that because the, the thing about summoning, at least with the way they've ruled at LVO that's interesting, is it gets around intercept. Yes. Even though they are reinforcements, or the, you you spend reinforcement points, and for the behavior of them on the battlefield, they're, they're mm-hmm. pretty much going to behave like reinforcements. You yeah. don't. You, you can't get intercepted, um, and you can pretty much tailor what you need, right? Yeah. So you can tailor what you need, and it also lets you. They, they did specify you can summon turn one and after turn three, That's which right. is. Uh, something that some people have been arguing about, which I always sort of thought that was dumb, that people thought you couldn't do it. Um, and so I actually <laughs> am sort of looking forward to giving this little grub a try to see how he uh, how he pans out. Feels almost like uh, uh, something that you would see on the text-to-speech device series where they uh, <laughs> you know, well, I can't summon. The battle is just too far along, guys. I just, you know, yeah. but this is... Nope, there's no need to summon. Nope, no summoning. We're done. So, uh, what do you, what do you, <laughs> what do you kind of exp- thinking LVO? What do you, what do you expect to see a lot of? What do you so, LVO, I expect to see three lists in particular. Um, so, obviously, orcs are big at the moment. Um, a bunch of high, sort of high. High-profile tournament players evolve very publicly to switch to orcs. Um, And then, obviously, you're going to still see the same sort of combination of Eldar, Dark Eldar. Because those are, even with orcs being so good, especially against uh, those armies, they're still very, very good. And then uh, knights are going to be very popular for actually one meta reason that um, I've actually been pondering about. Knight armies are very easy to transport. They're just... Yes. Five... Five things, put them in a box, you're good to go. Whereas I've actually been having some concerns about how am I going to get my army to Las Vegas in one piece? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right there with you on that one. And then, um, I, so those are going to sort of, the orcs and Eldar are very obviously going to dominate the high tables. With um, I think knights are going to sort of maintain their role as sort of the gatekeeper armies. And then I expect to see a whole bunch of people like myself who just sort of showed up for the spectacle of, of it all. Yeah. Well, I think I'm right there with you in terms of what I uh, what I expect to see. I think knights, orcs, Yunari. Um, we'll probably see the splattering of you know death, uh, blood angels in there. Um, yeah. I don't I don't expect to see very much out of uh, necrons or. You know some of the other armies that kind of hang around that middle with uh, Thousand Suns. Um, I think we'll, yeah. we'll see Thousand Suns in Chaos lists, and I think we'll see some Chaos mm-hmm. armies do good. I think the majority of them that do will be primarily Alpha Legion based. Um, 
you know, I think the cultist, uh, the cultist armies, though, I, I don't think they're going to be the focus. I think they're no, I think I c- kind of think they took a big hit um, yeah. with uh, chapter approved because 150 cultists. Now that's an entire unit you can't bring because yep. they. Uh, yeah, but I think what that does series. open up for, interesting enough, and, and we'll see with the with the next vigilist campaign that comes up or the the um, the furthering of that with uh, you know all the hints that are being dropped at a bad and black legion stuff coming out um, yeah you know it it there are some compelling reasons to start looking at black legion as a legion trait um, especially when we get into talking about the bolter rules and things <clears throat> yes like that. i mean that that army gets real interesting real fast um uh, as an as an option there they, they might they might be a little more expensive but and i don't think we're going to see them at all vo but i think Maybe going forward into the 2019 tournament season, that's going to be something that um, we start to see more and more of, which I would welcome. I think that's a, I think that's a great thing. Uh, yeah, especially considering that the Black Legion trait is actually unique among the uh, Space Marine armies. I don't think any of the other armies have anything that's quite like it and how the, much maneuverability it provides. Which is the advance and fire rapid fire, right? Yes. Yeah. So... Um, I think the other thing that when I look at this from from a Thousand Suns standpoint, if if I'm coming into LVO and I'm playing a Thousand Suns army, what do I? I mean, I'm looking at the meta and I'm going, what am I supposed to do versus the the Luda bomb and and all all the Ludas you got and their Grot shields? What what am I what am I supposed to do against that? Um, you know, I can charge that, but they're gonna have what a hundred. 120 boys that are sitting there in my way and you know i i don't know that we can clear through that um you know it, it becomes that becomes a real challenging matchup for for a thousand sons yeah um i think in that particular instance the against uh, the luda bomb in particular and, um and just so gonna run know, into some issues and just so people know that what we're talking about what they do is they will take their ludas and and the Ludas have pretty good stats right now where they basically have the equivalent of auto cannons. And what they're going to do is they're going to sit back and they're going to put a bunch of grots in front of their Ludas. And between you and the Ludas, more or less. And they have a two-point stratagem that they're going to use. And so basically whenever you shoot at the Ludas, um, if you can see them, even if you have indirect fire, you can put whatever you want into them. You're just going to be killing grots. You're not going to be killing Ludas. Um, and that's the, that's kind of the hard part there in that they jump up and they go to shoot at you and it doesn't matter whether you have minus whatever to hit sixes are always going to hit. And the number of shots that they get to shoot is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And, and you're going to be taking some damage from them. A lot of it. So strictly speaking, the classic, um, answer to orcs and if you <clears throat> don't have the numbers to just take them in a straight fight like guard or nids, I guess, um, is you have to outmaneuver them. And so the main thing is if you can deep strike any unit next to the Ludas and then just shoot at the Grots <laughs> normally and then uh, hit them with something that they don't get Overwatch against, particularly if you... Uh, Ally in, for instance, a unit of, um, what are they called? Warp Talents, for instance. Yeah. Or um, something equivalent to that. You'd be able to sort of knock them out fairly easily. 
Um, but no, in, really point. Uh, I think that if the problem with the Luda unit, though, and sort of trying to plan to take it on, is that if you take one thing, you can't take another. And so if you're very specialized at knocking out that particular type of unit, then you're going to wind up sort of suffering against other opponents, which is why orcs are in such a good spot at the moment, is they're sort of uh, they're counter meta. Because um, up until the Orc Codex came out, everyone was very much hyper elite armies with chaff. Whereas orcs, it's all just hordes. Everything's the same. Yep. You pretty much, they're all toughness for, strength for. They have different guns, but they're all pretty good in the fight. And so you sort of have to figure out how you're going to deal with that many toughness for bodies with a bunch of very good support options. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the Warp Talons because guess what keyword they have? Demons. Demon. But regardless of the fact that they they have that demon keyword, what can they also uh, take is a Mark. Uh, they can take Mark of Zinch, of course. Yes, sir. And if you give them Mark of Zinch, I believe one of the things you can actually do is use one of the Vortex Beasts to let them reroll their charge. So that, that might sounds be, correct. That might be a very interesting challenge there for you. Or you could even take the the other route to that and maybe use Gaze of Fate. Um, and if you're not familiar with Gaze of Fate, it's the Zinch power. And the one key about Z, uh, Gaze of Fate that's different, the wording on it is different than the command reroll. And that command reroll requires you to roll one dice. And Gaze of Fate allows you to roll the dice roll. Um, despite this, um, personally, I reached out to the, the, the organizers, the, the TOs for LVO, and asked them, hey, just making sure. How are you guys going to rule on this? Um, and they confirmed uh, that you could use Gaze of Fate to re-roll both dice for a charge roll. Now, the, the, the one key to this is that you do have to re-roll both dice. So in the case where you're re-rolling a charge roll, it's best to have both Gaze of Fate and a command re-roll in your back pocket when you go to do that or when you go to use it because um, you, you can basically re-roll both or one very much like how I do that with Treason of Zinch if I'm taking the leadership test. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the other, I guess, good answers for orcs is if you're, I guess, sort of feeling wanting to uh, answer the problem of versatility is leave some points in reserve, and then a unit of flamers is only power four, so very, very cheap, and each of them packs a flamer that's strength four, AP minus one. That's also a pistol, so even if you lock them in combat, they keep flaming. That's incredible. And at T4 with two wounds apiece, they're actually fairly durable. Yep. And they have very considered. good maneuverability, too. I mean, they yeah. have, what, 14, 12-inch movement, something like that? 12-inch uh, movement, and they fly. Yeah. So you can fall uh, back and still shoot and yep. do whatever you want with them. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good idea. So basically, if I'm hearing you right, though, is I need flamers or I need close combat. So Pretty much. So yeah. calling corn... Um, you know, court armies <laughs> out there. Uh, here's your, yeah, your moment the, uh, to shine. Bloodletter bomb would <laughs> murder the bejesus out of all of that. <laughs> or the berserkers in the, in the, you know, whatever delivery mechanism that you can come up with. Yeah. You know. uh, okay, so I think we've, um, I think we've talked about the tournaments a bit, and by the time we meet next time, we'll probably be able to 
recap a bit what LBO was like for us, what we saw, what we experienced. Um, you know, I'll definitely be doing my best to, uh, you know, keep track of the Thousand Suns uh, players when they're there, uh, just as I did when I was at the tournaments this year. Um, yeah. And you can check the Thousand Suns Reddit if you want. I'll, I'll likely do a live thread in there. Um, and maybe if we can, you know, get the technical bits of it worked out, we might be able to even do some live audio from there and just kind of a, a live podcast and take some questions and whatever else for the community that we can do to help out. So mm-hmm. you know, we'll see if we can make that happen. Yeah. Um, so I think right. that covers tournaments. So moving on. So the uh, the last thing we got up right now is the uh, we got these lovely bolter rules that just dropped. Uh, what is it? Just a day or two ago. Yeah. And GW basically decided, hey, you know what? Um, if you've got bolters uh, and you don't move, you can get your full shots. Well, not just if, if you don't move. Uh, it's also if you're a Terminator, biker, Centurion, or vehicle. Yeah. So you which... get it all the time. Oh yeah. Um, which that's, that's, that's huge. I guess they finally decided that Marines were survivable enough, but didn't pack enough punch, which has sort of been the complaint since the new edition came out. Yeah, that we're still, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I think, um, and as we talked about a little earlier in the podcast, um, the Rubric Marines and the Scarabacult Terminators, that's where everybody's looking right now at Thousand mm-hmm. Sons. I mean, they're looking at those things and they're saying, when can I just, like, bring a whole army of these guys? Because they look great. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're the core of the army. You know, people want to throw them on the table. I think with this rule, it, I feel... The, the, the Scarab Occult Terminators, I want to say, hey, I can put these things out there. Um, someone made a really good point that if you take a full 10-man squad of Terminators um, and you take two Soul Reaper cannons in there with them, I mean, the amount of, and to your point, you don't really need the Soul Reaper anymore. Yeah. Um, but let's say you just take all combi bolters that are in there. Mm-hmm. That's, what, 40, uh, 40 shots that you're getting at your full 24-inch range, right? Yes. You got 10 of them? Which, so that's, at strength that's four, a lot AP of AP minus, minus two. two. That's, that's a ton of yep. pain. That, that's that's a lot of shots coming from those guys and mm-hmm. uh you know you can you can pressure zone you got all sorts of psychic shenanigans you can throw on them but you know at the same time i gotta look at the rubric marines and just say look i i know that scarab occults are going to draw your not your strongest fire but your your effective fire mm-hmm. from your army to deal with them and and just about every army that's out there has that today I just, it's a, such a hard thing for me to convince myself that I need to take a bunch of these Scarab Occult Terminators when I can just take Rubric Marines and I don't care what you shoot me at. I mean, okay, I'll give up the All's Dust rule. That's fine. Um, but I've still got my five up. And no matter what you shoot me with there, if it's multi-damage, I'm only losing one model per wound that you get through. And you still got to get all those wounds through. And there's lots of them there. So I'm, I've got a better shot at my guys surviving my models surviving and my shots surviving on the table mm-hmm. than the Scarab Occult Terminators where, you know, you could be for each wound potentially knocking off one model. Um, yeah. You know, the autocannon shots, if you think about it, um, I, I, I haven't run the math on it, but I can't imagine that it's a lot of autocannon shots that are needed to, to, to wipe a squad of Scarab Occult Terminators. No, especially considering that that same number of shots will not necessarily wipe a squad of regular um, 
uh, rubric marines just because of the difference in model counts. But there's actually a, model, a unit that comes to mind with the uh, the new bolter dustbin rule. That so obviously Scarab Occult comes out great because they all have combi bolters. The uh, rubric marines all have bolters and they're great. But the unit that I'm actually sort of looking forward to just from my personal army plus I think you run a lot of these chaos rhinos give them yeah. two, they can take two combi bolters and a havoc yes. launcher and so that's just a ton of shots off of your little dinky transport for our yep. very very nice points cost yep and, and actually, what's great is uh, I mean he it does its job it transports the guys and once they hop out you run the thing over to an objective and you just sit it there. And then it mm -hmm. just sits there and annoys the heck out of the, the opponent sitting on the objective holding it. And it's this big T7, like, annoying, like, tin can sitting there that they can't just put their... They, they want to put their cheap fire into, but doing that is kind of pointless. And so then they have to direct heavier fire to that thing, which is great because it takes it away from other stuff that's important. Yeah, though the uh, other thing to keep in, that I've sort of just cascading off of the fact that uh, Chaos Rhinos just got literally almost doubled in shots at long range is it actually gives you a reason to use Inferno Bolts. Oh, I don't know about that. You know, know, you know that. what? That You say that, but I bet you in the, sometime this next year there will be a point where it's like, you know what? AP minus two on these... <laughs> Rhino shots might actually be useful right now. But Just it would enough. be okay if it was if it was like let's update it for all of the combi bolters on the vehicle. The problem is is you got to spend one for every combi bolter on there. And so if I bring three rhinos, that's six command points. Just well, I feel like I'm just like pissing away. Keep, to, keep in mind, you can only on use stuff this. that's going to be. Well, actually, no. It's before. Wow, it's before yeah. battle. That's actually not yeah. You bad. can upgrade as much as you can. No, it's horrible. No, Let's no, be that's, clear. that's not bad. This strategy. No, I, I. This stratagem is like the worst stratagem in all of 40k. Although I've been corrected, I think there are a couple others. I think Tyranids has one that's just <laughs> completely useless, and I think there's a, a couple others out there that are just like, what? Why were? Why did they put that in there? Uh, but this is one of those ones where it's just kind of like, come on, guys, are you? You're just. You're just really just insulting us with this one, aren't you? I, I don't know. I think I could get some use out of this. Just surprise Inferno it, Bolters. Though I do I think, think it definitely it, should be uh, once per vehicle as opposed to once per weapon per vehicle. I, That's kind of I dumb. agree with that. I agree with that. I think it, I think there's some people that say, you know, you could, you could upgrade army-wide, and I could see that being something where it's like a... Kind of like how they did with Webway Infiltration, where you have different point values depending on what you want to do with it where you can mm -hmm. spend maybe one to upgrade a vehicle or, or three to upgrade army wide um and and at that rate you know if you're bringing three rhinos you might have just you might as well just say you know upgrade army wide and i bring rhinos and predators and stuff like that and hey guess what now we're talking about some of these other other models now having some value there for something like that yeah and i might actually do it um but uh yeah i think um you know, as much as I want to say rubrics are going to, you know, start hitting the table more or things like that, I think I think we're still in a in a state where Zangors are the are the mo. I mean, they're they're the 
they're the prime model to have on the table that can 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 do a little bit of screening and can basically take I mean there's a lot of things in the game that don't want to get into combat with Zangors if you think about it. Yeah. I mean it, it's it's a vast majority of things actually in the game that don't want to get into combat with them. Um, and I mean you've got plenty of good options with them. The problem is um, you you've got to deal with the attrition. You've got to deal with the the morale tests that you're going to be taking on those guys and and you know without something like a dark apostle or you know psychic tests that like you know things like that that can help them be better uh, you don't really have an option there to really boost their morale or anything so, so it's kind of do, kind of the unfortunate downside to them i do kind of feel that zengors and rubric marine sort of occupy different niches though because as much as rubric marines are troops four thousand sons and for any other army they would be an elite's choice it just happened to be objective secured because thousand sons yeah. Um, and so the Zengors definitely still have their role. Cultists are sort of compete with Zengors for the same spot, though with right. the points increase, I do kind of feel that cultists don't really have a solid place in a, a competitive Thousand Suns list, mostly because they are so potent. Uh, in the regular Chaos Space Marine book in comparison. Yeah, you don't have the shoot again, and you don't have the Tide of Traitors options. Yeah, and you also so, don't right. have access to the Alpha Legion uh, trait. The minus one to hit, Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, Rubric Marines, though, I think they are definitely a solid choice in the upcoming tournament, tournament season, mostly because they're much cheaper now, which even by itself, before the introduction of Bolter Discipline, is... a amazing improvement for them but then if you add in the bolter discipline they're literally twice as lethal as they would were previously because almost never were you going to be in that rapid fire range unless you're darn danger close and it's either going to wipe them out anyways or you're about to die um and so i think with the inclusion of this it makes the rubric marines much more valuable than they were previously it almost doubles their effectiveness well, let me pose a let me pose an alternative to upgrading the rhinos. Uh, so, so if you're taking the rubrics, you're obviously one of the things we have to do is we have to take those rhinos. And, yes, and this gets back to the point of either you need to reduce your drops, or B, you need something to shield the shield the rubric marines to at least give them that little bit of buffer before they start getting shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you leave all these little MSU units of rubrics out there, they're just going to start popping off the table. Um, the we saw a guy here locally in the Texas meta use rubrics in assault drills, and he did extremely well. Um, this this was the same Matthew Ali that played me with his Dark Eldar. Um, he he ran three of the drills with um, a bunch of the rubric marines in there, and he basically, um, if I remember right, he just starts them on the table, runs them right up, gets the drills into combat, gets the rubrics out, and you know he's just throwing smites everywhere. He's throwing mortal wounds everywhere. Um, but the interesting thing about the uh, the drills is they have two. They come s- standard with two storm bolters. Yeah. So you can actually make them AP two storm bolters right out of the gate. There, I mean, spend two command points right now as it is. If 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 they were to throw us a bone and say, hey, per vehicle, um, I don't know that I would spend the points to um, upgrade each one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, if if they did per vehicle, yeah, I could I could start. Him and hauling over three command points to, to make those things AP two bolters when I've got eight shots per drill. I mean that's that's thirty two shots uh, basically a turn 
that or sorry, not thirty-two, uh, twenty-four shots a turn mm-hmm. that I'm putting out from from three drills that I'm already going to have nice and close. What am I yeah. worried about? I mean, they're 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 going to be they're going to be nice and close, or I'm going to get four shots out of them, something along that line. So yeah, you know, I think it I think it's going to help a lot of the auxiliary stuff. I help. One of the things I think that's really interesting is actually on the um, the Land Raiders. Um, it's unfortunate that Chaos only gets one variant of the Land Raider with the last cannons on. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate that that's it's kind of like they got the Land Raiders and it's kind of like well all we know to do is put last cannons on the side of them. We don't know about bolters or anything else. If they had a variant of that that had the heavy bolters or hell hurricane bolters or whatever the Chaos version of that is. Um, I, I, that would make such a bigger difference mm-hmm. for that model. And you'd have such a bigger reason to take that model because you could put out, I mean, it's T, what, T8, T9 T8. for the Land Raiders? So T8 for the Land Raiders. Um, I don't think they have an invuln save, but no, there are variants of it that do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you basically, you have a model that can basically just, I mean, run around to shoot. Like, give me heavy boulders. Give me, give me the, um, what is it, the... Uh, what are the quad heavy boulders that the that the they're hurricane boulders flyer? No, no, no. The um the the fire raptor has those oh. quad heavy bolter um, turrets on those things, and why not just say, hey, I'm gonna put a couple of those stupid twelve shot heavy boulders on the side <laughs> of a land raider, and you've got the most amazing transport vehicle ever ever built right yeah. there. I mean, twenty four shots out of a land raider is. I would I would rock that all day long. Throw I mean hell I might even I might even just like lose my mind and throw terminators inside there just because why not? You know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, but it's unfortunate because I mean that's the kind of thing where you know with that thing, the the number of the number of options that you have right now with chaos and the land raiders is just really disappointing. Yeah, that's so. pretty much always been the case, at least as long as I've been playing. The Chaos Land Raiders. Well, it has it used to have a place on the table has sort of been collecting dust uh, for pretty much the last ten years. Pun pun intended, right? Pun intended. <laughs> so the only, I mean, the other thing that I think about, you know, we're 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 talking about the Bolter rule and you know the 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 Contemptors. Not to not to beat a dead horse here, but the the Contemptors also have the ability to take those those combi bolters on their on each of their arms so yes i mean you've obviously got options there as well mm-hmm. so. uh, but other than that i think um i think we're basically not going to see very much variation i think we're we're i think you might see actually on sorcerers and the sorcerer and terminator armor um i think those couple of guys you'll see some options taken there um you'll you'll see like combi bolters or um, inferno combi bolters taken on those guys that'll that it will become a lot more useful because they can get their full four shots out no matter where they are. Yeah. Especially the Terminator Sorcerer. Like, that's something we haven't talked about. And going back to Chapter Approved, that thing, I mean, he's almost your de facto choice now for a headquarter choice mm-hmm. outside of Aramon, if you think about it. You, you take the familiar with him. Um, he costs less than an Exalted Sorcerer. Um, he gets plus one. So he's getting plus one on his first cast. Um you use Terminator armor. You can deep strike them for free. Uh, you've got, you know, more wounds. You've got, you know, better. I think you have more wounds, right? Yes, yeah, so you have one more exalted. wound than normal. 
Yeah. So the the great thing is is that that guy has so many more weapon options. Actually, you know what? I don't know if he does. Let me see. Sorcerer and Terminator armor has. Yeah. So you're exhausted. No, your your Sorcerer and Terminator armor has five wounds. And your Exalted Sorcerer has five wounds as well. Yeah, but the regular Sorcerer only has four. The regular Sorcerer only has four. So, if you're but if you're looking at the Terminator Sorcerer versus the Exalted Sorcerer, that you know in that point range, those are the two you're looking at, right? You're, yeah. you're either weighing that option of hey, I need some rerolls, um, and that's really all you're getting out of the Exalted, aside from some ballistic skill. But again, what are you going to do with the added ballistic skill? You, you don't have the option to take anything like a combi bolter or a you know Inferno combi bolter on them or anything other than like a pistol. Yeah. So you're you really that increased ballistic skill is going to waste. Mm-hmm. So unless you're going I mean, if you're going to go close combat, okay, you can make a case for the Exalted Sorcerer, especially with Seer's Bane. But you know, outside of that, man, it's it's like de facto, you know, choice one for me right now is that Sorcerer and Terminator armor. Yeah. So. Well, I think that pretty much covers the uh, the combi bolters, and yeah. that actually will do it for episode one. So, yeah, sounds. I think we uh, pretty much covered everything. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we've been able to uh, at least entice uh, some folks to, to come back for the next one. You betcha. And uh, we'll catch you then. Yeah. And remember, Magnus did nothing wrong.